How do you maximize performance with your sales force? My name is Anthony Garcia, and I'm the host of the Catapulting Commissions podcast. Join me every week as we discuss topics such as performance or improving retention. And we do so by interviewing some of the top sales professionals and entrepreneurs around the world. Now, let's enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome back. Anthony Garcia here. Excited to have you on the Catapulting Commissions podcast. In today's show, we are going to jump in and discuss some areas of strategy that are laid out in my book, Catapulting Commissions. In the previous show, we discussed how to have a strong mental approach to your goal setting process. In today's show, we're going to talk about some key actionable steps that you can implement today in your goal setting process. And in the next episode, we're going to wrap up the Catapulting Commission's book preview, and we'll talk about how to have a strong supporting environment in place to help you achieve your next sales goal, right? All three of these components are part of what we call the Catapulting Commission strategy pie, right? You want to have a clear mental approach, key actionable items, and a strong supportive environment that's going to help you put yourself in the best position for optimum goal achievement. So today we're going to talk a few strategies, a few numbers, going to wrap some things through, and we'll spend some time today. If you have any questions, you can jump on the web. You can find me at anthonypgarcia.com. You can also find me on Instagram under anthonypgarcia99. If you do find me, use the hashtag catapulting commissions. I'll be able to track you down there. All right. So clear actionable steps. In setting your goal and making a goal that is realistic, achievable, something that you're confident that you're going to hit, you have to be able to forecast what that goal is. You have to look at your pipeline, look at your business, look at your skill set and say, here's what I'm going to achieve this month, this year, this quarter, this week. However you're managed in your business, you have to look at your business and say, okay, Here's my sales goal that I'm going to forecast. How do you forecast your goal effectively? For me, when I forecast a sales goal, I break down my goal into three categories. I break it down into a will do, a should do, and a could do. Each are three independent categories. So simple, simple, simple tool to help you strategize and forecast your sales goal. When you're forecasting a sales goal, and you look at your number. Let's use a simple goal of $100,000 for the month of January. If my sales goal is $100,000 in the month of January, what am I going to forecast? What am I confident in saying that I'm going to achieve? What is it that I'm going to plan my income on? How am I going to plan my life on? So first, we have a will do, right? If I'm going to place my sales goal number in my will do category, that means come hell or high water, there is no chance, no chance that I'm not going to hit this sales goal, right? For you, it may be different, right? You may have a different number in your will-do number than your should-do number. The will-do number in forecasting your sales goal is the number that you need to hit to cover the bare necessities of life, right? Again, the analogy, come hell or high water. That means that if you were out and you were a door-to-door salesman and there was a hurricane outside, 
you would still be out there trying to figure out how to hit it, right? It's a little harsh, harsh uh, analogy, but that's the idea. The will-do number when you're forecasting your sales goal is the number that no chance in the world you're not going to miss. So if your goal is $100,000 and you're not confident because your pipeline doesn't look that way or you have some vacation time that's, that's in there, whatever the scenario might be, your number's probably going to be a little bit lower, but low enough that it keeps the bare necessities of life covered. This is what you need to survive. Pay my bills. If you're an entrepreneur, pay your payroll, right? Pay your rent, feed my family, et cetera. If my $100,000 goal is going to go into my should-do category, right? Again, there's will-do, should-do, could-do. Should-do is the highest likelihood of success without it being a certainty. The should-do number is the highest likelihood of success without it being a certainty. Because if it was a certainty, that would be your will-do number, right? If you knew you were automatically going to do $100,000 without having any stress, that would be a will-do number, meaning come hell or high water, nothing's going to change. I will do this. However, what I should do is this, meaning my goal-setting plan is in place. My pipeline supports my goal. My sales skills support my goal, and everything's aligned with me. If the $100,000 goal is in your could-do category, Let's talk about this category. The could-do category is if all the stars align and everything went perfectly planned. If your sales goal is $100,000 and everything went perfectly planned, stars aligned, there was just, you you could not miss. You, you mean, any prospect you touched, they were handing you their credit card. They were begging for you to take their business. That could-do number would be significantly higher. And that's the idea that you want to take a look at. So if I'm forecasting my number, we'll keep it really simple. I will do $75,000 of revenue in the month of January. I should do $100,000 in revenue, which is my goal. I could do $125,000 if everything aligns. So the question is, for your goal setting or your sales goal process for the month, for the year, if you're an entrepreneur, what is your will do, should do, and could do for your business? Because once you identify those three numbers, you now have a foundation in place to reverse engineer the revenue, to reverse engineer the activity, to identify the process that's going to need to take place in order for you to achieve those numbers. Quick recap, your sales goal for your month, your year, your sales goal for your business, for your life, whatever the number is, you should have it in three categories. What you will do, what you should do, and what you could do. By doing this, you identify all the steps necessary and you reverse engineer each one. By putting your goal into, by separating your goal into three categories, you are now creating your high and your low. You're now creating your your margin of error. And now when it comes to forecasting and saying, here's where I'm at, here's what I'm trending on, you've set your benchmarks, right? If you're falling behind pace on your will do and you're significantly behind, it's time to evaluate where you're at in your goal setting process, what's not going right. You're, you're doing something wrong, right? Likewise, if you find that you're setting your goal and your business goals and you're crushing your goals and you're, and you're way above and you're above your could do number, Hey man, let's pull the rubber band back. Let's let's 
Let's spread that bandwidth. Let's see how far we can go. Impress yourself. So that's the first step for today. Take your goal, split it in three numbers. Will do, should do, could do. By doing that, you can identify all the steps necessary and you can reverse engineer the revenue. You reverse engineer the activity. You can log online to Anthony P. Garcia. I have a a document that you can download that will show you how to reverse engineer your goals, how to reverse engineer the revenue or the activity. It's also in a copy of the book. You can find that on Amazon.com. But by reverse engineering your goal into key activities, you start to identify the process. Here's the second point today. You have to fall in love with the process of your sales cycle that you are the least comfortable with. You have to fall in love with the process you're least comfortable with. Let's talk about that for a second. If you're a telemarketer, we're just going to use telemarketing for simple metrics. If you're a telemarketer, but you hate picking up the phone and dialing, you're not going to be a successful telemarketer. If your business is referral-based only, but you hate asking for referrals, you're not going to have a successful business. If your product or service you sell requires you to have an expert level of product or service knowledge, but you hate studying, you're not going to have a successful business. You have to identify every step in your sales process that's relevant to your business and fall in love with it. Okay. Every person, let me rephrase that. Every salesperson sets a goal that they believe they can achieve. Every salesperson that I've ever met in my 18 years in this industry loves getting commission checks. It's not one that doesn't. The bigger the check, the bigger the smile. I'm sure you've been there before. I've seen people that have gotten so used to the big commission checks that when they don't get one, they're in shock. What do these people have in common that others who aren't making the commission checks don't? Right. That could be a whole nother episode. But the one key thing that I've observed and that I share is people who are uberly successful in sales, they're in love with their process. If you're an entrepreneur and you want to have a successful business, you have to love every component of your business the same. Doesn't mean you have to be an expert in it, but you have to know it and you have to love it. Right. Back to sales. I use the analogy of forecasting tools, right? If you work and you're managing your pipeline and you have a coach or a manager, meaning A, you've hired an external coach to help you, or B, you work for an organization and you have a sales manager, your sales manager is going to know what your forecasting looks like. They're going to know what your pipeline looks like. There's a lot of different ways to do this, right? Some, you just have an Excel sheet. Here's here's my targets, Mr. Manager. Here's what I'm working on. Here's what I'd like to talk with you about. Others use, there's tools out there, right? Such as salesforce.com. I'm sure some of you have used that before, right? There's various different CRM tools that we use to track our customers, but we also use to forecast our business. If you want to be successful at achieving your sales goal, you have to love that part of that work that is administrative work, tedious work, right? I've, I've heard sales reps tell me, well, that by me working and updating my forecast, that I'm not producing revenue. I'm really good at producing revenue, but I don't need to do this. I know my business in my head, right? I'm sure you've said that. I, I know I've said it before. I've managed people who've told me that before. And while that may be true, 
For you to go from good to great, from 100 to 150%, to be an A-plus player, it takes a team of support. You're not going to do it by yourself. So if you in your head is good enough for yourself, you're going to run into some challenges down the road. So that actionable step there is to fall in love with the process you least love. I use admin work because I would say that's over half the people that I've worked with, that I manage or that I coach would say that's the part they hate the worst. For me, as a sales rep, it was never really the admin work. I, I, I didn't mind the admin work. I had a really hard time as a sales rep when I would sell a product that I felt I negotiated and I gave somebody such a good deal. I, for me, it was, it was dumb that I say it now, but I had a really hard time saying, hey, I'm going to extract a referral from you because I always knew my, my marketing was good, my cold calling was good, my pipeline of referral sources were good, but from a current client that I gave such a good deal to, I didn't want to give that deal to somebody else because I knew if I met the other person somewhere else, I can get the maximum value. I could A product that I could sell for $10,000, I could sell for $14,000, right? Stupid, I know, I get it, but that was one of the things that when I was actively in the field in B2B, that, that kind of held me down. So... I had to learn to fall in love with that process of extracting referrals and saying, okay, I'm just going to extract as many referrals as possible. And what do you know? The more referrals I extracted, the more clients I generated. So yeah, I could have not extracted referrals because I didn't want to give the same deal. But I found that by giving the same deal or same discounts to my customers and getting referrals, it made that closing ratio significantly higher. It made the cold call much easier. It made the the whole approach to achieving my sales goal, really simple, right? So you have to fall in love with your process. What is it for you? What do you do in your job that you don't like? What in your sales process is it that you don't like? It could be making phone calls. It could be soliciting referrals. It could be negotiating the sale. You may be in a position where you do all the work and you call the closer in or someone that comes in and actually closes the deal for you. It could be the follow-up. You may be really good at making that transaction, but you hate the follow-up. Or if you work in a long transactional process, real estate, medical sales, software sales, where it's a constant touch to your prospect, you're constantly visible, you're constantly in front of them. Do you love that process? You might not. You might not love the idea of reaching out to somebody who doesn't seem as motivated as you are to make a decision. That's a step in your sales cycle. And you have to love that step just as much as you do as your favorite steps. So fall in love with the process. That's one key actionable step that I don't think enough people do because they don't know what their process is. And they don't identify the area they least like or least love. Hey, I wanted to take a quick minute and interrupt this episode for a second. I hope you're enjoying what you've heard thus far. Are you a sales professional or do you manage a team of sales professionals? I imagine you know someone who struggles with complacency. I'm talking about the sales rep who has all the tools to be a top performer, but just can't seem to get past the mental hurdle that is holding them back. I completely understand and I relate with you. That is why I've created a detailed approach on how to get out of this stage of complacency and put yourself in position to achieve your next sales goal. Be sure to visit my website, catapultingcommissions.com. Once there, you can find the link to pick up a copy of my international best-selling book, Catapulting Commissions. Now, let's get back to our show. 
And the last step, actionable step to achieve your next sales goal. Really simple. Think smarter. You have to think smarter. What I mean by that, I'm not talking about smart goals. Every person listening has heard the phrase, use a smart goal. Matter of fact, I've been in places where companies have paid a handsome fee to get a consultant, sales expert, motivational speaker, someone to get in front of me and say, hey, you have to set a SMART goal. Guys, let's talk about this for a second. Today's show, key actionable steps. Key actionable step number one, SMART goals aren't so SMART anymore. Here's why. A SMART goal is the basics. It's the calisthenics. It's the fundamentals. It is the practice you do on the first day of training camp. It is the simplest part of your job. This can't be the holy grail. For those of you that don't know what SMART goals are, let me give you a little feedback here. SMART goals have been around since 1981. Okay? Since 1981. It is 2020. It is nearly 40 years that we have had the phrase SMART goals. A consultant named George T. Doran for the Washington Water Power Company, introduced SMART goals in 1981. He published a paper that's called, There's a Smart Way to Write Management's Goals and Objectives. It describes the SMART criteria as a tool to improve the success rate of accomplishing goals. That's it. Let's really briefly identify what that SMART goal acronym means. S stands for specific, M's measurable, a is achievable, R is relevant, T is time-bound. I know you've heard it before. And I'm not telling you to abandon SMART goals. I'm here to tell you that SMART goals aren't enough to achieve your next sales goal. Think about that for a second. SMART goals aren't enough to achieve your next sales goal. It's a great foundation. It's a great basics, right? Setting a specific goal. That is very clear and detailed. M, setting a goal that is measurable. These are the metrics that are used by your organization or your business. Achievable, you're setting a goal based for your current skill set that you have, right? It wouldn't be a smart goal for me to say that I can be a jockey tomorrow. I'm 6'3", a pretty large guy. I don't think I'd be a world-class jockey. Just pure frame, pure size. Not really achievable. Is your goal R relevant? Is your sales goal relevant to your overall objective of your business or your sales organization? And T, is your goal time-bound? Anyone can set a goal, but if you don't have a time ending on your goal, when are you going to hit it? There you go. That's the 90-second recap on SMART goals. Specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, time-bound. Now, what I just shared with you in 90 seconds or two and a half minutes or however long it's been, there's consultants out there that charge an absurd amount to come and teach that to your company. If you work for an organization, maybe you have an HR profile that or an HR consultant that comes and tells you, hey, you guys, we need SMART goals. Well, SMART goals aren't enough in 2020. <laughs> they weren't enough in 2019, and they haven't been enough for a while. We have to think smarter. So the foundation for a strong goal, yes, it does have to be smart, specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, time-bound, etc. Here's where you are going to take it to the next step. 
thinking smarter. The E in your goal setting portion is emotion. We need to create a meaningful goal, one that aligns with your passion and gets you emotionally invested in your goal setting process. If you aren't emotionally invested in your goal setting process, you are not going to achieve your goal. Point blank, flat out, simple. I'll say it again. If you aren't emotionally invested in your goal setting process, you will not achieve your goal. You ever hear the, of the phrase, you wear your heart on your sleeve. I can tell that your emotions are involved. That's not a bad thing. When it comes to setting a sales goal, if your sales goal doesn't cause you to lose sleep at night, wake up in the morning with excitement, you're not going to get it. Now, I'm not saying you have to lose sleep every night, but I know for me, when I'm in the grit and the grind of my goal setting process, if things are not going well, something didn't align, I'm having one of the valleys or the, or in, in my goal setting process, when I lay down my head at night, I have a hard time turning off because I think of all the possible things that I could have done differently. I think of all things that I have to do tomorrow, right? And when I do go to sleep, I wake up bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Whatever the time is, everyone has a different time. For me, that time's about 5 a.m. every morning. When I wake up, I know immediately I'm ready to go to work. I'm ready to start attacking this goal because I'm so emotionally invested that the idea of not hitting this goal is scaring me. The idea of not hitting this goal is going to cause me on an, on an emotional outburst. If you're consumed by your goal setting process, if your sales goal consumes you, that's a good sign. If it doesn't consume you, that's a bad sign. That means you don't care. Okay. Now, I know what I just said is a harsh blanket statement, but I'm going to say it again because I truly believe it. If your sales goal doesn't consume you or you don't have any emotions tied into it, you don't care. You're not going to hit it. If that's the case and you're okay with possibly hitting your goal, more power to you. But the idea and the concept of this show, this book, and this brand is to teach you to achieve your next sales goal and to achieve higher commissions. And in order to do that, you have to be emotionally invested to the point where you say, I may lose some sleep for this one. I may wake up excited. Heck, I might shed a tear, right? That is okay. You want your emotions involved because when your emotions are involved, and now I'm not saying for your emotions to control you, that's a whole nother episode. But when your emotions are involved in your goal setting process, you are going to do things with passion, conviction, and you will not allow for mediocre results to become part of the norm. You will not allow mediocre days to impact you. You will allow those things to be a thing of the past. So we're thinking smarter. We have smart goals. Now we're thinking smarter. The E, emotions. The R, rewarding. Okay, let's be honest here. We don't set smart goals or any goals for no reward, right? If you think about all the goals you set in your life, right? And it's January 2020 right now. I'm sure you may have a New Year's resolution. If your New Year's resolution doesn't have you emotionally invested and there's not a reward that's worthy to you, you are not going to hit it. Point blank. If you're not emotionally invested or the reward's not rewarding enough to you, you are not going to hit it. When it comes to sales, that reward has to be 
significant. If you're setting a goal just to do the basics, just to hit the basic requirements of your job, that's not a smarter goal. It may be a smart goal, but it's not a smarter goal because if the reward is the traditional income you normally get, you're like, ah, I'm not emotionally invested. The reward doesn't make it worth it. You know what? The hell with it, man. Ah, it was a bad day. It's a bad day. I don't care. But when that reward is a commissionable check that can A, change your life, B, change your financial future, C, change your professional future, you will go after that goal with so much conviction, so much passion, because the reward is worth it to you. It's not the money. It's the reward. Because for some people, the reward is greater than the money. Let me elaborate what I mean by that. When people interview with me for a sales job, I ask them a simple question. Are you motivated by money or are you motivated by recognition? There is no right or wrong answer. And I've had this debate with hundreds of sales professionals, with managers and mentors of mine, and I have my personal belief. They have theirs. I've come to accept there's no right or wrong answer. But the idea behind that question and what it means for me and my personal definition, I'm motivated by the recognition, not the money. Reason why I'm motivated by the recognition, money usually comes with the recognition, right? It's just a way to keep score, right? Because my reward that I seek for is usually tied into some sort of recognition. One of my biggest sales goals I had in life, the reward at the end, it wasn't the money. The reward at the end was the down payment on the new home I bought it. See, so it wasn't really money. Now, money gave me the money for the down payment, but the reward was the home. That's what kept me going. That's what made the 4 a.m.s, 3 a.m.s, the early mornings I would wake up, the 9 p.m.s, the long days, all worth it. Because in the end, the reward the whole time was, I want to buy a new home. I need a down payment. I reverse engineered what I needed to do and how I needed to get there. And that was the answer. So for you, what's your reward for your sales goal? If you don't have a reward that gets you excited, if you don't have a reward that's meaningful, you're not going to achieve your goal. Let's, let's brainstorm together. What are rewards that can get you excited as a sales professional or an entrepreneur, right? A home is a great one. If there is a material purchase, car, furniture, bed, pool, et cetera, or something you want to add, great. Maybe it's a vacation. There are some amazing vacation areas that you can go by yourself, with a family, with a significant other, that have a significant investment to it and are life-changing. Maybe, maybe your reward is you're a year closer to retirement. Maybe your reward is you're a year closer to starting your own business. Whatever your reward is, it has to be meaningful and impactful to you. So the key actionable item today, or the third key actionable item, is think smarter. Smart goals are no longer enough, right? If you only have smart goals, you'll get basic results. If you have a smarter goal, your chance of success is significantly higher. Smarter goals, they have to have an emotion component tied to it. You have to be emotionally invested to it. And the reward has to be worth it. The juice has to be worth the squeeze, guys. If the reward from your sales goal isn't going to get you excited, isn't going to get you out of bed, isn't going to keep you motivated, you're not going to do all this. You're not going to do all the work to achieve your next sales goal, right? Sales is ugly, guys. It is grindy, right? There's a commission pendulum swing. I'm sure you've all experienced it before. 
one month you're a hero, the next month you're a zero. One day everything's going great, the next day it's going horribly wrong. One day your favorite customer tells you how much they don't like you or they're leaving your product, the next day they're calling you back. Whatever it is, the world of sales is tough. It's a very swingy game. Goes from the left, goes from the right. If you don't have a smarter goal tied into it, you're not going to have the foundation to withstand all the adversity that's going to come with your next sales goal. All right? So think about that. What I want you to do today, if you have something that's emotional or rewarding or you want to share something about a smarter goal, please reach out to me. Find me on Anthony P. Garcia. Post it on Instagram. Use the hashtag catapulting commissions. I appreciate your guys' time today. Again, join me for our next episode. We're going to talk about how to set the strong foundation for your goal setting process. And then we'll start jumping into our interview series where we're going to interview some amazing uh, sales professionals, amazing entrepreneurs. The roster we have for people is, is guaranteed to keep your excitement, keep your entertainment. All right, guys, do me a favor. Click subscribe. Thanks so much. Talk with you soon. Well, that does it for today's episode on Catapulting Commissions with Anthony Garcia. If you found some value in today's show, please be sure to head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. Don't forget to subscribe to Catapulting Commissions. That way you get notified of new episodes every week. Lastly, please take a screenshot of today's show and share it on Instagram. Every week, I'll be giving away a signed copy of my best-selling book to one person who tags me at Anthony P. Garcia 99 and includes the hashtag catapulting commissions. Thank you for your time and I look forward to helping you achieve higher commissions. <laughs>